When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is the Wealth Ability for CPAs show. Better clients, better practice, better life. Here's Tom Wheelwright. Welcome to the Wealth Ability show for CPAs, where we're always discovering how to build better clients, a better practice, and a better life. Hi, this is Tom Wheelwright, your host, founder, and CEO of the Wealth Ability Network. So CPAs, we're really well known for how good we are with numbers. We are not so well known for how good we are with words. And yet we're in a service industry. And so being in a service industry, it means that words are important and conversations are important. And so today you'll discover, in fact, we're all going to discover how to have better conversations with our clients, how to ask better questions and how to really um, figure out what's really going on with our clients so that we can do a better job serving our clients they can be better clients and we can have a better practice and everybody has a better life. So uh, with that, I'm very excited to have with us today, uh, Jackie Stavros and Sherry Torres, who wrote the book, Conversations Worth Having. So uh, Jackie and Sherry, uh, welcome to the Wealth Ability Show for CPAs. Uh, Jackie, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into this topic and, and kind of your philosophy behind it. Sure. Thanks for thanks for asking, Tom. Um, so I will tell you a little bit. I'm going to go back just a tad further than I thought I would um, because I was actually starting out in college and I loved my accounting classes and I thought I would be a CPA and I took the IRS classes and then I had my marketing 101 class and I just I fell in love with marketing and branding and international business development. So um, accounting has always been something I enjoyed very much, but I went the marketing international business development route. And I'm from Brighton, Michigan, but kind of the heart of the automotive. I mean, if you look either way, there's the three major OEMs 20 minutes from me. And I remember being in Taiwan and um, my CEO telling me, um, business is about people and humans really matter. And um, I, you know, I had my MBA at that time and I really, understood what he said and I fell in love again I always fall in love with topics but I learned I stumbled upon um, appreciative inquiry I was working on a doctorate of management again at the advising of my CEO to really understand the human side of um, business so if, if we fast forward um, learning about appreciative inquiry was very dear and near to my heart and what that meant to working with people whether you're an accountant marketer finance um, it could be. And then I bumped into Sherry Torres. 
and we were in Washington, D.C. It was um, it was right after um, maybe a year after 9-11. And um, we really connected about appreciative inquiry, our passion for it. And originally we thought it was all about the relationships. And we wrote this book about the appreciative inquiry principles on dynamic relationships. And what we realized about 15 years later after that was it's all about our conversations. And so um, Sherry and I have been together, gosh, Sherry, I want to say almost 20 years now. Mm -hmm. And um, this book, Conversations Worth Having, How Do You Feel Productive and Meaningful Engagement has probably been my passion and focus of work for the last um, 20 years is how do we create environments that work for all. And I'm really lucky to have a co-author, co-friend, co-partner as Sherry. So that's it in a nutshell, and I'm going to turn it over to Sherry. Thanks, Jackie. Go ahead, uh, thank Sherry. You. Thank you, Tom, for having us on, on the podcast. Um, and just, I was in uh, business getting my MBA, and actually my accounting professor said, stop struggling so hard, Sherry. Your brain is either structured for accounting or it's not, and yours is not. So <laughs> be happy with a B. You're never going to get an A. <laughs> my numbers never would add up, no matter how many times I did it. Um, but as Jackie said, we both kind of meandered in our different paths. And um, I, I was always a uh, connection, half full cup, engaging with people person um, and recognized early on how um, important it was and actually how powerful what you focus on actually comes about. And it wasn't until I connected up with appreciative inquiry and the power of generative questions um, that I learned all of the research behind the supporting um, at kind of the evidence behind the fact that the way we engage in conversations is everything. Um, and it actually wasn't until after Jackie and I wrote this last book, Conversations Worth Having, that I realized everything is conversation. I just had this like one morning woke up and went, oh my goodness, it's all conversation, either with other people or with ourselves. Um, and so how do you make those conversations really um, work in ways that generate well-being, success, and strong relationships, especially with your clients. Um, so I'm hoping the time we spend together will, will help you do that. No, that's awesome. Thank you. And so, so let's talk about uh, questions have always been uh, an interesting aspect of things to me. And you, you talk about appreciative inquiry, which, sorry, those words are way too big for my little head. So can, can you actually tell us in plain English what that means? Because uh, I'm sorry, but appreciative inquiry is like, that sounds like something that a professor wrote. And so how do you break that down? What does that actually mean? Yeah, yeah. You, you would be accurate that a professor wrote it. But when it boils down to a nutshell, um, it basically is um, about inquiring into things that will add value or that are of value. So to appreciate, uh, CPAs 
know this well, um, it increases in value or it is of value. And inquiry is just asking questions. And so it's about asking questions that not only um, uh, look into what's the best of the past, the best of the current, either in people or an organization in your own practice, um, but also questions that are going to add value for you, for your client, for your client's family. That's really what it's about. So, so, so two, of my, two of my heroes when it comes to conversations are Barbara Walters and Oprah Winfrey. Yeah. Um, I think two of the best questioners in the history of the world. So what is it um, about questions that is so critical to having a conversation that is actually a successful and not just meaningful conversation, but one that actually gets you where you want to go? So when you speak of those two people, um, you know, you can almost picture when Barbara Walters or Oprah Winfrey are interviewing somebody, they're very curious. And generative questions are questions that you don't know the answer to. Um, generative questions begin to, um, I want to say, widen the screen, open the perspective. So I'm really curious and I want to know. So tell me more about what you think, Tom. Tom, what would you like to see happen? What are your wishes? And really pausing and letting that person think about, yeah, what are the answers to these, to these questions? And so they demonstrate curiosity and um, they create shared understanding between you and me. Um, they create new possibilities. So, so unlike the lawyer that doesn't want to ever ask a question that he doesn't already or she doesn't know, already know the answer to, mm -hmm. we want to do the opposite because we actually do want to know. So I, I actually think that's a really key point that you make there is that when we ask questions and to preface this, I actually believe that the number one job of an advisor is to ask good questions. That, that is actually our number one job. So we must learn how to do this. Um, and we really do need, if, if, we put the, if we put it about the client, the person we're having the conversation with, this is the other thing I've noticed with uh, both Oprah and Barbara Walters is that they're, they're clearly not focused on Oprah and Barbara Walters. They're very clearly focused on the other person that they're asking questions about and they truly do care and they actually do want to know. So they've done their homework, but that doesn't mean they don't still want to know. They want to understand the other person's perspective. And so when we're working with clients, for example, it seems like the more we put the client first and we more, more we put it about the client, the easier it's actually going to get mm -hmm. to ask those questions. This, does that make some sense to you? Yeah, it does. And I, I think one of the reasons is that if, if you talk to people who've been interviewed by either of those women, afterwards, they feel like they were in a real genuine conversation, that um, it went deep, that um, things that, that matter and are important were brought to the surface. And, and I think that, as you mentioned, both of them care and they care about the people. So I think in part, it's not caring about asking these questions because you're supposed to ask questions, right. but asking these questions because you care about creating a relationship with people. I know with my own CPA um, and my financial advisor, 
it is more about my relationship with that person because anybody can be a CP. I mean, I can go to any CPA and they're going to basically do my taxes for me. But what's the relationship I have with the person? And does that person know who I am, care about who I am, care, know what's important to me so they can advise me appropriately? And do we have some commonalities? Have they asked questions and encouraged me to ask questions where we actually discover um, we, we have some points of connection um, and that will bridge, um, yeah, that bridges a lot. So, so one of the things that we talk about a lot at WealthAbility is that um, it's a, it is about the relationship. It, we don't want to be in a transaction. We want to be in a relationship right. um, because the relationship is ongoing. You, you mentioned something that kind of struck me. I, um, I teach a lot of entrepreneurs and investors about how to reduce their taxes. And what I, what I hear a lot from them is, well, I get what you're saying, but I really like my CPA. So what, what that says to me is, is that that CPA has done actually a really good job yeah. creating that relationship, despite the fact that the CPA may not even be doing their job. Otherwise, the fact that they have that relationship has compensated. <laughs> now, we, don't want, we want to do both, right? Yes. I mean, yeah. the, the, the goal is to do both. <laughs> but, but the reality is, is focusing solely on the transaction and solely on the benefits to the client isn't enough. What I'm hearing is, is that we really do need to understand what the client needs, what the client wants, what, you know, what their goals are. We talk a lot about asking about their dreams, um, you know, what's their, what are their plans, what, what's even their legacy uh, plans, and, you know, opening it up that way. Because when it seems to me that when you do that, now it's, now it's very much about them, and you can be very specific um, to their situation. Um, so, we're a very practical crowd, CPAs, as you probably are aware. Um, are there certain key phrases that you use or that you recommend using in order to generate that uh, type of a, a positive or as, um, you know, positive question? I know I'm, I didn't use your word right, but um, <laughs> the, 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 the type of question that actually creates success in the relationship, are there certain, are there any catchphrases, any things that you recommend using so that, uh, you know, people who maybe aren't so good naturally at inquiring might have a little, um, a, a little crutch, actually, something to actually get it going? Yeah, you know, um, one thing I want to say when you ask for practicality, um, if you think of a, of a conversation worth having, it has an appreciative tone, and we talked about appreciative as adding value and being of value, which accountants know that. Um, we're going to move in a positive direction, and then there's the types of questions which we call generative questions. So we talked about generative questions being meaningful, engaging, but they're also solution-focused and productive. And a generative question is me understanding you, the client, more. Um, what are your wishes? How might we work together? Um, again, there, I have no idea of the answer, but I know that I want to be a value to you and create value for you and put us in a connect, connect mode. So um, it's really asking questions to connect with your clients to understand them better. So, so one, of the, one of the phrases that my partner, and she's phenomenal at asking questions. She's my, been my business partner, like you guys. She's, she's been my, my actual business partner for 20 years. 
she'll, she'll start by saying, in a perfect world, mm-hmm. how would this go? That's an appreci- That's a generative question. That's yeah. actually one of the classic questions. Um, tell me about a peak experience or how do you imagine this or what are your wishes? But that's a beautiful preface question, which is a generative question. I, I think another, another place to begin rather than trying to think of what's the question I need to ask the, my clients um, is to pause and take a deep breath and get curious about your own, where are you? What don't I know? Um, what assumptions am I making? What biases am I bringing to this conversation? What worldview do I have that is not the worldview of my client? And what, what is my client's worldview? I, and to, um, I had a, a friend of mine who was a, a therapist, psychotherapist, and he, he put a one foot by one foot square behind his desk. And before every client session, he would stand in that square, take several deep breaths and remind himself that this is all I know. I don't know anything outside of this square of who I am. And it drove him to get curious without making assumptions um, about anything. So uh, if you ask the first question, don't stop there. You can, you can say, tell me a little bit more about that. Or what does that mean to you? Um, play that out for me. If we, if we ran five years into the future, what would that mean for you? So really work at making no assumptions and asking the questions to make the invisible visible. So, so how important is it to um, go deeper? Uh, so for example, you know, somebody asks a question, you know, you, somebody asks you a question, client asks you a question. The tendency is just, especially for CPAs, is to answer that question. And one of the things we teach our C- CPAs in our network um, we were talking about earlier is we played this game and it's the question game and we put two people and they have to that one person starts and asks a question and the other person has to respond with a follow-up question that digs deeper into what are they really asking about and they keep going back and forth till of course somebody finally answers the question and then they lose but <laughs> and that's the fun <laughs> part of it we we literally play this every time we meet and we play this game every single, every single training. It doesn't matter what the topic is. Otherwise, we're going to play this game because to me, getting that additional insight is so important. So tell me, why is that? What, what is it that um, makes people ask a surface question and not ask the real question um, to begin with? I would say it may be because they don't know what the deeper question is. Sometimes it's until you ask that first question, you don't, and if you don't jump to conclusions after the first question, um, if you stay curious, it's like, oh, that, I wasn't expecting that, that answer. <laughs> Tell me more about that. Um, and I think um, the a question as you were, as you were talking, it occurred to me that Asking questions to go deep just for the sake of going deep um, probably is not a value, but in order, and this again, it may be a place to start for CPAs, is to say in order for me to be at my best for my clients, what deeper information will help me make the kind of decisions they want me to be making? 
um, and then go deep on all those points. Uh, that, that's, a, that's a really good point. What, what, so what I'm hearing is that maybe be a little strategic about the conversation. You know, frequently I think we have conversations and we're not, we haven't planned the conversation. We don't know what we're going to talk about. You know, we just know that we've got certain um, maybe data questions that we're asking, things like that, but we really haven't planned out that conversation. How do you do that? How do you actually um, take that step back? And besides saying, okay, I, I just know about me. So, you know, I like the square. I, I really like that idea is just have a, a square you stand on and say, this is all I know. That, that, that's a, I think that's very astute. But how do, you, how do you actually, when you look at, okay, I'm going to be talking to the client about, uh, like right now we're talking about year-end planning. Mm -hmm. Okay. What, what how, how, do you, how do you get purposeful? in that conversation before you ever have the conversation? I, I think it's being um, really tuned in to where are you? As a, so where are you? Are you what we call above the line in that appreciative space? Are you below the line in that depreciative? And you wanna get to that place of appreciation. And it's being very um, intentional. I'll give you a real simple example. Um, when I see someone in the hallway and he said um, hello to me, I said hello back. But when he said, how are you? And I was ready to answer and he was gone already. <laughs> he really just meant to say hello to me. So, so think about that. If I say hello to you, Tom, I'm going to keep moving. You're going to say hi. But if I say, how are you? I've got to stop to listen to how are you? And so that's the simple way. Um, and when I think of accountants, when I think of the pandemic that came um, because of the pandemic, our accountants sent us a lot of pre-work to do because we weren't going to be in the office. And what was great the second year is the pre-work um, made us get things done that we could do without being physically in the office so that when we came into the office, it takes them like 15 minutes to do all these taxes, but we're really having a conversation about how are you, where are you, where are you gonna go, tax plan. And so it was much more rich than before the pandemic when I felt very functional and transactional when I was in there giving, giving Interesting. things. So that's, it's being very intentional. I, I think also um, if you're talking about, you know, looking ahead for planning, um, framing the conversation around um, the outcomes the person is looking for. And I, my guess is most CPAs already do that. Um, and, and asking questions. And I think this is where it's potentially means going deep um, around what they're, what they care about for their family, for their future, um, what that future looks like. Uh, um, and then I think um, it's asking the generative questions, even the question that, that um, has already come up of the a year from now, or even five years from now, imagine that, uh, what does it look like for you? What does it feel like? Where are you? What are you doing? Um, and, and then go below that. What, what is important now about what you're doing? How is that bringing you life? and joy and connection to the people that matter to you? What are you able to do now that you or then in the future that you can't do now? Um, really kind of keep 
if you keep asking yourself, what don't I know about what they just told me? We're, our brains are wired to like fill in and make up the story. Don't make up any stories. <laughs> if you have a question that comes up about the person, ask them, don't answer it. I, I think that's so important is that, you know, don't assume that you know the rest of the, the, the question. One of the things that um, we actually do um, a webinar twice a, a month with our clients and they, they can ask questions. And one of the things I do in that webinar is help them break down the question is what's your real question? And frequently people ask compound questions, right? They'll ask two, three different questions within one sentence. And you're going, okay, that's actually three different questions. Let's take them one at a time. Okay, you know, what do you want here? What do you want here? What do you want here? So I, th I think that, you know, one of the things I heard from you, um, Jackie, is the, the importance of actually listening. What are they actually asking? Are they saying hello or are they saying how are you? And then what I heard from you, um, Sherry, is that this idea of framing. If we could just uh, spend the last few minutes of our discussion here can you explain framing? Because I think framing is not something that the average person, they might do it, but I'm not sure they understand that they're doing it. Um, those of us who do a lot of speaking and teaching, framing is very much a, a part of our lexicon, but I don't think that's true for the average person. So can you explain, just kind of walk through what you mean by framing? Sure. Um, it... Typically, and most often, um, we frame things around a problem or what's wrong and how do we fix it. And that frame actually itself, Jackie mentioned, being below the line, being depreciative, framing conversations around problems and what's wrong and trying to fix them, especially if you're talking about human beings, puts you below the line. It's a deficit-based conversation. And neurophysiologically, you end up with less access to creativity, to higher order thinking when you're in that frame of mind. So if you can flip the frame to its positive opposite, um, so for instance, um, uh, what's a, give, give me an example. So that, well, uh, let, let me give you an example. Of, let me give you an example of what... Um, a question that I flip. Okay. okay this is a, a common question. The common question we get is um, they, they hold up a, a mug and they say, is this deductible? I'm okay. going, well, I have no idea based on that question. However, why don't you ask me the question, how do I make this mug deductible? That's a, uh, as, nice. as you're talking about an, an appreciative because now you're going, okay, what can I do to change my situation? right? How can I make it deductible? How can I, entrepreneurs are an interesting breed. Um, we don't like people telling us what we can't do, period. We don't like it. Um, what we like is, what we want to know is, how can I do what I want to do? That's, that is the number one question of any entrepreneur. How can I do what I want to do? Don't tell me what I can't do. Exactly. Tell me how to do what I want to do. Now, it might mean that I need to change some things in my life it may mean I need to change some things in my business. Um, if I want to make my vacation deductible, I may need to spend more than 50% of my time um, actually doing work in that location that pertains to that location. Well, that's a big change, but at least I have a choice. 
Yep. Right now I have a choice. Uh, how do I make it versus is it? And, 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 and to me, that's the, you know, one of the differences, the type of, you know, broad question. So do I have a broad question? How do I versus yes. a narrow question, which is, can I, or right. is it? Yes or, yes or no versus how? It, exactly. So that's, that, yep, that's, would that be an example? That is a perfect example. Okay, so yeah. um, you know this. I I, th I do think that you know when we frame what I'm hearing a lot of is be strategic about the conversation. See if I get this right. Be strategic about the conversation. Make sure that you're starting really with big, <laughs> big questions, and then you can narrow down into the the smaller uh, details. But until you ask the big question, you do you really know. Uh, how can you possibly know what the right answer is when you drill down? And so when I hear, um, Jackie, when you talk about the difference between appreciative and depreciative, part of what I'm hearing there, see if I get this right, is um, if I start small, then I'm, I'm below the line there. Um, in my mind, I'm below the line because I'm starting really small and I'm only going to get smaller. And what I want to do is I want to get big and then get bigger. And, and in order to do that, I have to really start at that high level. Is that part of what you're talking about? Yeah, I think because you narrowed your, remember we talked about widening the screen and you really right. narrowed your focus and you really have to, when, when Sherry said, you, you we call it name it, flip it, frame it, you really wanna name it and make sure, is this what we really wanna talk about? Um, Excellent. Because is it deductible is, I don't, you said, I, I don't know. <laughs> make it deductible and see what you're beginning to widen the frame in your view and you're beginning to really have a conversation worth having to really understand the importance of deductibles and why and, and you're framing a conversation probably not about deductible but something bigger than a deduction and that's where i would think i'm aligning my thinking with yours awesome i love it i love it so the um the book is Conversations Worth Having. I love that um, because I agree that implies that not all conversations are worth having, which I totally agree. And I would go one step further. Not all questions are good questions. There are actually bad questions. Is it deductible is a bad question. Okay, so, so, so getting to the point where we're actually having, you know, better, better questions, better conversations. I'm a, a huge fan of what you're doing here. Um, anything, any final words that you'd like to share with our audience? Um, if, if the audience is interested in learning more, they could go to our website, which is cwhconversationsworthhaving.today. Um, and on the website, we offer a free conversation toolkit. You can download the preface and introduction to the nice. um, book as well. I like the toolkit idea. Thank you for that. Yeah. Again, very practical. Yep. <laughs> Jackie, final words. Um, I would just say when you're thinking of your workspaces and your clients, um, you want to have conversations that fuel connection because where we started in this conversation is it's great for your health, my health, Sherry's health. It's going to strengthen our relationship. It definitely, you can create innovations, improves productivity, success, excellence, and you want that for your clients. Can I, can I just add one more thing? I Jackie? wish you would. Jackie, what you just triggered for me is, and don't stop with just your clients in terms of asking these kinds of questions. Your colleagues that you work with, you'll create a better working environment, your family, 
um, it will make a big difference in your life overall. No, thank you so much. It triggered the same thing for me, just <laughs> Sherry, is I'm thinking, I'm thinking of employees. I'm thinking of, uh, you know, other colleagues. I'm thinking of partners um, and every, really everybody. I think this is such a, a, a beautiful concept that every conversation we have really could be a positive conversation. I mean, even if we're on different ends of the political spectrum, even if they're on different ends of the financial spectrum, we can still have a positive conversation as long as strategically that's what we want and that that's what we actually go into. And as, uh, as, as, as I hear Jackie, I, I'm going to, now I've got this above the line, below the line, because accounts think above the line, below the line, right? That's, I think you did that on purpose. So, um, <laughs> okay, like my accounting classes, <laughs> we're going to make sure we're going to make sure that we get above the line. Um, and we're going to stay above the line. And when we do, and we have the uh, conversations that are worth having, when we have the appreciating conversation, one that's uh, going up in value, not one that keeps coming down in value, but constantly going up in value. Every question we have is a more valuable question than what we're always, always going to end up with is better clients and a better practice and a better life. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to the WealthAbility for CPA show. Better clients, better practice, better life. To learn more, go to WealthAbility.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>